Welcome to the 40th episode of Let's Conquer Books. Ernest Klein in his book Ready Player One said, That's when I realized as terrifying and, and painful as reality can be, it's also the only place where you can find true happiness because reality is real. In this episode, I talk about the four strategies of turning obstacles into opportunities, which are altering your perspective, flipping the obstacle on its head, following the process, and taking the offensive. So let's get into it. I'm your host, Alexander the Great Reader, and this is a podcast where we read, study lessons, and build our inner power because the next level we will reach does not tolerate cowards. So the first strategy for turning obstacles into opportunities is you need to alter your perspective. You choose how you look at things. You, how you approach in an obstacle determines how daunting it will be to overcome by controlling your rational emotions, you are able to see things as they are, not as you perceive them to be. The book I will be using for this strategy, you know, I always use books that I have read because books is the best way to have an understanding, to gain knowledge. The book is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And being indifferent to death allows people to survive. That's one takeaway from that book. He knew people were going to die. It was just he accepted it and people were dying all around him. And he saw it as just they were ready to die. They didn't want to live. So that didn't affect him. They're like, hey, they want to die. And he knew the ones who wanted to live, he can tell they wanted to live. Another takeaway from man's search for meaning is your life has its own meaning and it's up to you to find it in any given moment. He felt that the situation he was in was like a real life study of the power of meaning. He was living in a concentration camp during the Nazi regime. And he felt and he took the perspective of, you know what, this concentration camp is teaching me in a real way, the power of having meaning. And he used it as himself gaining meaning to live and the meaning to use this as a psychological, real-life study and seeing how people are reacting and how they're surviving. And he's seen that meaning was important. Your perspective was important. The third takeaway is try to force your fears to come true to make them go away. This is after his concentration camp experience and he was released. He created several psychological approaches, theories, practices, and logotherapy was one of them. And to give you an example on how to do this, I will use as like a sales example. If you're in sales, most salespeople or people who are pursuing to be in sales are afraid of rejection. That's why they don't even like to do sales. So with this logotherapy, it'll tell you, you know what? Force yourself to make that fear come true. So you don't like a rejection, so go and go to people and sell what you got to sell and you will feel rejection and it comes true. But you keep do- making that come true in your life that, you know, you know what? It ends up not being a fear anymore because you just become desensitized and you're used to it. 
It's a great, great strategy, and it alters your perspective of that fear. The second strategy is flip the obstacle in on its head. So the events that you initially perceive as negative all contain a positive, exposed benefit that you can recognize and act on. The book I'm going to use for this strategy is David and Goliath by Malcolm Gladwell. There's three takeaways from this book I'm going to use for this strategy. First one is living in a privileged environment might hinder your success. So the story is about the Bible story of David and Goliath. And as you know that David was a shepherd and that environment was not a good environment. It actually helped him. There's others that are privileged living in castles in just these good situations and it hindered him. He had to fight lions. David was out in the wilderness surviving, fighting against lions and bears. And that was actually helping him. Although his environment sucked, it was helping him. And others were in this privileged environment and weren't creating the skills and abilities they needed to be good at warfare. The second takeaway is if you have a learning disability, it might actually give you an advantage. And in the book, it talks about dyslexia, where the words flip around. And he referenced a study that a lot of entrepreneurs, business leaders can't read, are dyslexic. And it correlated to being them successful. It's funny, huh? Because m- most people say that reading is important and leaders are readers. But it's not necessarily true because this learning disability actually gave them an advantage over a lot of people. More people with dyslexia are able to do good in business than people who don't have it. And the study's crazy. You should read the book. It tells more about the study. The third takeaway is as your own unique skill set to beat big competitors on your own terms. So with the David and Goliath story, he didn't go out there to fight Goliath with a sword and with big shields and how everybody was doing it. And those were the terms of Goliath. That's the way he fought. David was like, I'm going to go with a sling. And the book talks about the sling was actually like you were good with a rifle. It's not even fair. He can be from far. David and Goliath... I mean, Goliath couldn't even reach him because he was so far when he threw that rock. It's like today, someone with a handgun and you have a sniper rifle, you're not going to go up to him. You're going to be really far and shoot him and he has no chance. And that's how it was. It was a unique skill he have and he built this big competitor. You know, in business, Redbox and Netflix, they killed Blockbuster. There were these little boxes, little companies that really didn't have a lot of employees and real estate, but they took out this big behemoth called Blackbuster. The third strategy is follow the process. So in the chaos of life, process provides you a way for whatever obstacles you come across. Take a breath, do the immediate composite part in front of you and follow its thread into the next action. The process is about doing the little things right now, not worrying about what might happen later or the results or the whole picture. A book I'm going to use for this is The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. Very famous book. I got three takeaways for this too. The first one is fear is a bigger obstacle than the obstacle itself. 
he had many fears that he was trying to stop him. And the biggest one was going to Egypt. You know, he was leaving home and the sheep that he was taking care of. He had to leave all that behind. And then on the voyage, there's these barbarian thieves that were close by. And he just wanted to get out away from that caravan. Then he meets these people that he was telling them a dream he had about these hawks. And they said, if your dream is not true, we're going to kill you. And he was all worried, you know. He didn't know if he'd tell them his dream he had. It might be some foolish thing. And another fear he had was losing all the things he accumulated during his journey. He also had a fear of dying due to not making that destroying wind. I guess they were approached by a certain chief and he told them, you know, if you don't do this wind, we're going to kill you. And it was something that his Englishman alchemist was the one who told the chief that he can do that. So he had fear of dying right there. Second strategy uh, takeaway is keep getting back up. You know, he gets robbed on, the, on his first mission. He gets robbed and he, you know, he kept going up and he went to go get that job with the crystal merchant. He, meet, uh, he leaves Fatima, a girl that he fell in love with and felt that it was the one and she knew that was the one. And that was hard. But, you know, he said, I got to go keep going. And he got over that heartbreak. He got accused of being a spy, but he managed to create those wins that the chief made it, made him create. And, you know, the chief let him go. He got robbed of gold when he was digging, when he finally got to the pyramids and then those robbers robbed him and told him you better get some the next day and when they came back they thought he was just this crazy man they told him he told him about his dream and then the one of the robbers told him about his dream and then he goes and follows that robber's dream the third is focus on your journey you know he leaves the comfort of selling crystals so that when he started when he got that job with the merchant the crystal merchant he did some business moves that made him really rich and he was comfortable. But, you know, he said, I got to keep going on his journey. And he left those riches. Uh, last person before giving up. So the alchemist told the Englishman, let's go ask people for something. I forget what they were asking him. But he meets Fatima. He's like, I'm going to go ask one more person. He meets Fatima. But, you know, he has to focus on the journey and he ends up leaving her because... He knew he was going to be happy with her, but he didn't want to live with the regret that he never followed his dream. And what would have happened if he followed his dream? He was focused on a journey, so he didn't want to die. So he had to create these wins. So he was able to keep going. And he went on this mountain and he did all these things with the sun. And he, at the end, he follows the robber's dream to get their journey because he knew that that robber had a real vision, a real journey to take, but he didn't want to take it because he thought it was foolish and he had fears and everything he went through, he knew why he wasn't going after his treasure. And he says, yes, there's treasure where he, where, where he, what he's talking about, what he's seen, there's treasure there. And I'm going to go get it because he knows he's been through the journey. He's been through the process and he's going to go get it. The fourth strategy is take the offensive. So ordinary people shy away from negative situations and avoid trouble. 
What great people do is the opposite. They never waste any opportunity to flip a personal strategy or crisis to take to their advantage or crisis to their advantage. At a certain at certain moments in your brief existence, you're faced with great trials. You must see that these this problem presents an opportunity for a solution that you have long been waiting for. It is in the, these moments that you must seize the offensive because, because it is when people least expect it that you can pull off your biggest victories. The book I'm going to use for this strategy is Anti-Fragile by Nassim Taleb. Fantastic book, fantastic author. I have three takeaways here, too. The first one is fragile items break under stress. Anti-fragile items get better from it. So not afraid or shy away from things because it knows it will survive. So like a box. Let's say there's a fragile box. It needs to be treated a certain way by the person that's delivering it. But if it's an anti Anti-fragile box. It's not going to break. You do whatever it, you know, it's not going to be shy away from being thrown around by the, the people and kicked and put on top of heavier things and left out when it's raining or bad weather because it's anti-fragile. There's nothing you can do to break it. The second takeaway is anti-fragile systems usually consist of many fragile parts Evolution is a good example of this. When things are evolving, it's because whatever survives moves on. And that's anti-fragile. And the fragile thing gets taken out. It doesn't survive. It's just eliminated. But the system as a whole keeps going on. But those moving parts in it, they keep getting updated and getting stronger and stronger. And the survivor is the one who's going to... The strong, strongest survivor moves on. The third is anti-fragile systems work because they build extra capacity when put under stress. And this is an example you've heard many times and muscles is definitely the best example of this because it's made out of tissue. And that tissue rips and then reforms stronger every time. So it's able to hold more weight. So it is kind of fragile, but at the same time, it's anti-fragile. It's meant to be put under a lot of stress because its goal is to become stronger and stronger and stronger. So there you have it. Your action item for the episode is read all four books so you can understand the four strategies of turning obstacles into opportunities. That way, you can alter your perspective through Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning you can flip obstacles you have on its head by reading David and Goliath by Malcolm Glywell. You can follow the process you're going through by reading The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. And you can take the offensive on the obstacles you're facing by reading Anti-Fragile by Nassim Taleb. I want to thank the listeners, you, the listener, for helping Let's Conquer Books to have 3,500 plays and downloads. My personal reading challenge is 170 books out of 180. And let's connect on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All the links are in the description. I hang out a lot on Instagram. Reach out to me if you have any ideas for shows. If you want to be 
interviewed or if you know other people want to be interviewed that are really into books maybe they're an author maybe they read a lot like me maybe they know publishers anybody in the book industry the book world you know let's link up and see you on the next one please subscribe to this podcast on itunes stitcher Google Play, Anchor, or any other podcasting platform so you don't miss the next episode where I talk about the billion-dollar whale book will be a Hollywood hit. <laughs>